T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. In 1919, he hit 29 home runs and was sold to the New York Yankees. A three-run home run for Buckingham. The Yankees now lead it by a score of three to two. Bill Lee is now going over to a couple of the Yankees, and there they go again. Tech and A-Rod going at it. Roberts is going. Masada's throw. Roberts safe. And what can I say? Just dip my heart and, and call the Yankees my daddy. Welcome to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. John Senecal, myself, Brian Shackman here. I mean, listen, <laughs> I don't even know what to say, John. I mean, as we stand here in June... The Yankees are on pace to be one of the best teams of all time, and I'm supposed to be happy that I'm a couple games over 500. Well, I mean, what's crazy just... is the Red Sox are playing great, and they've lost. They're not two... playing great, dude. They're like they're like one of the best teams in baseball. Be- the last 30 they're games, beating the they... little sisters of the and poor. they lost two games to the Yankees. That's how much better the Yankees are than them. It's crazy. If you want to put it in the perspective of the two teams and not the whole rest of the, the league, o- the only thing I'm holding my hat on is that I want the Yankees to win 120. And then losing the ALCS. Like the Mariners did? <laughs> so I won. So, that would make me happy. It would make me happy. I mean, I still don't believe. Hey, listen, I said this to my son yesterday. I said, what's scary is, is the Red Sox, all they got to do is make the playoffs, right? Because everything changes in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And the Yankees can play as good as they've been playing the whole season. And who knows? Anything can happen still. They might not even make the playoffs. You never That's, know. You on. never know. Give me, give me you a, never know. Give me, all right? a, give me a break. But... um. Anything could happen in the playoffs, right? The Red Sox could come in there and they could wind up playing each other and they could just do what they need to do and beat them. It looks like Cleveland, uh, the the White Sox, I think, I I just think because of La Russa, they were a joke. The um, White Sox, the Mariners, and what was the other team we were talking about is the biggest disappointment. Well, the Mariners are definitely a huge disappointment. White Sox are bigger, probably, because they had bigger names. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm looking at that third wild card spot for the Red Sox and. You know, right now it seems like Cleveland's the, the issue there. You can't just assu- you can't just assume the Red Sox are going to walk right into that last spot. But then it's just a one game season where the one thing the Yankees, if everything goes true to form, the Yankees will at least get a series. You know, what I mean, like all you want if you're the better team is get a series. You want yeah. to avoid a one game playoff. You want to win the division is what you want to do. You have to. Yeah, you, you it lo- it's looking pretty good right now, but it's weird. Like this wild card is like the uh, like. Christmas season. It's like every year it's earlier and you're looking at it. Like you walk into Walmart and Labor Day weekend, you got Christmas stuff out. I've been, like I've we're been talking lo- about I, the wild card already because been, the pack is getting so far I've been looking at apart. it for, for weeks because I mean, that's all that really matters to me. I don't know. I mean, so you feel good across the board? I mean, Aaron Judge, I mean. Aaron Judge just keeps doing Aaron Judge stuff. What do you like him at leadoff? Do you like him at leadoff? It's fine. I mean, he gets on base, right? 
I mean, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a baseball Six player. Six foot but eight gets up there and leads off. If you're going to take the person that's most likely to get on base, put him on base, right? And he plays center field, too. Who'd have thought, right? I told you at the beginning of the season, if Aaron Judge can play center field or, you know, switch positions, it makes the Yankees so much better because then hopefully Giancarlo Stanton can play the outfield. And, you know, I still, man, every time I watch him play, he looks like that kid on the playground or on the team, Who? Giancarlo. When he swings and he misses, he looks like the dude who has no idea how to hit. Yeah. And then in the outfield, sometimes he'll make this great play. Then, like, the other night, he makes a catch, and it's like he doesn't know what he's doing. But he catches the ball. He just looks weird, you know? Oh, and but he can play, man. Can he can play. Hey, uh, we, let's bring in Willie Yon. Um, oh, yeah. By the way, we have a we have a guest. We do have a guest. who, uh, If you don't know Willie Yon, he's uh, born and raised in, in here in Connecticut, went to UConn, has been in pro ball for a number of years. He's was released by the Baltimore Orioles and is in the process of deciding – He's playing a lot of baseball, but wondering if he's going to get picked back up to get back in the system or or move on from baseball. Uh, But we're super lucky to have him here with us. Willie, how are you? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Good. So we didn't we we waited. We didn't talk about this off mic at all. This is the most important question. Right. Who did you follow growing up? I grew up a huge Yankees fan. Yeah. That's that part of the state right there. (laughs) No, but that's that part of the state. I feel like that part of the state is like if you do like the Mason Dixon line, it's not a straight line, but like that part because my. My father-in-law, who grew up in Waterbury, Connecticut, okay. is a Yankee fan. Yep. And I don't know. I feel like there's a there's a pocket of Yankee fans up in that north. It was what is it? Northwest. Northwest corner yeah. of the state. And uh, that stinks for me. So you grew <laughs> up in the '90s. So you were, of course, he did because when he was, you know, sucking well, on his pacifier, they were right? winning Washington, World Series Washington titles. Pile, yeah. Well, that's not necessarily <laughs> true, though. So you're born in '95, right? So you're yeah, you're, right. you're you're five years old, and you're watching the Subway Series. Do you remember the Subway Series? So actually, the, unfortunately, the first World Series I remember is 2001, and they lost. And they lost. Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess I brought them bad luck once I started paying attention. But even back then, was your dad a Yankee fan? My mom was actually. My dad never. Never really cared too much about baseball. Walt surprising. didn't like baseball. Oh my he god, does he does now. He does now. But, but <laughs> by the way, I think that might be one of your keys to success, though, because if your dad isn't like super like on top of your dad on the game, right, gives you time to sort of chill and play. Definitely. So you got your love of the Yankees through your mom. Yes, yeah. So my my grandfather grew up in New York City, huge Yankees fan, and my mom, well, my he moved to Amina, New York, which is the next town over from Sharon, Connecticut, and then my mom and dad settled down in Sharon, Connecticut. And we would take the train from the Wasseh train station at the top of the Metro line straight wow, down to the that's stadium. A, how long a ride? It's like an hour forty-five with a with a. Do you got to change right trains? Over. Yep. Uh, yeah, down <laughs> in Putnam. Yeah, that's awesome. And your last stop at one twenty-fifth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your your father not a big baseball guy. Correct. Yeah. So growing he, up, so not on the sidelines barking and screaming. Like we've talked about this in prior episodes about the umps getting yelled at and everything. Was was he one of those parents? He was just quiet on the sidelines watching you play. Very quiet. Yeah. He was actually he'd get pretty nervous and just start. It was a stadium. He's pacing around the concourse, regular field. He's just pacing around the fence. Yeah. He, uh, we pretty much learned. My mom knew more about baseball than him when I was growing up. But he and I learned the game together, which was just a really fun experience for both of us to. You know, he just he was learning how to train me at you know whatever age if it was little league or. 13, now was he out playing you. catch with you and hitting balls to you and all that kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah, yeah, throwing BP. I remember the you know when I was in little league and I was afraid to get hit by the pitch and dive me out of the way. He would take my my mom was big in tennis and he took her like 
a bucket of 500 tennis balls and would just go like 20 feet away and whip it at me. And some, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it'd peg me and I was like, oh, it's not that bad. That's it phenomenal. tricked me. That was obviously not the same as a baseball, but that was how I got over my fear of getting hit. So you remember the train ride down to Yankee Stadium. Just give us one or two quick memories of first ball game or, or what have you. Yeah. Oh, I remember my first ball game very well. It was, uh, we took the train down in, it was home. It was the home opener 2003 and it was Hideki Matsui's first uh, game at Yankee Stadium, and he hit a grand slam. And uh, it was a freezing cold day. We actually, I think my mom, my mom will be horrified that I tell the story, but we forgot mittens that oh, day. Boy. So in a, in a pinch, she bought like some socks right outside of Yankee Stadium. <laughs> we were wearing socks on our hands at the game, but we had great seats. Everybody's you could buy like, anything outside of Yankee yeah, Stadium, apparently. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We couldn't and find socks. mittens, but we found socks. Yeah, I don't know how that worked out, but it was. I mean, I'll never forget. You know, we were you know hit, sipping hot chocolate, watching Hideki Matsui do his do his thing in the the uh, early. It was, that was the old Yankee Stadium, so that was it. Was I feel like that one was a little bit louder than the new one? But yeah, I have some of the coverage. We were both working at NBC Connecticut, and I was 2003 is like where where it all sort of. Because that's obviously the Aaron Boone home run year, mm-hmm. and that sets up for 04. But I was in Boston. I was assigned to Boston for Game 7 to be there to receive the team when they won, and they didn't win. Oh, wow. So the receiving the team was brutal. Yeah. And it was just stunning. And that that's – I mean, that I've talked about it before on the podcast, but that's when I was like, we're losers, and we will always be Losers. Yeah. That's the way I felt that day after game seven of the ALCS in 03. And when you, t- when we talk about the rivalry, the Yankees and Red Sox rivalry, did you notice that growing up where you grew up in Connecticut? For one, now, a lot of people think Connecticut is split right down the middle, right? I'm, I come from New York, and it was a big smack in the face coming here to Connecticut and being a Yankees fan because. Although they've been very silent lately, Red Sox fans usually always have something to say to you when you walk by them with Yankees gear on or something. Mm-hmm. Did you find that growing up at all? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, I remember, uh, you know, one of my best friends, I, I met him from playing hockey. We were doing learn to skate together and we would dress ourselves up in Yankees and Red Sox stuff, go out and play wiffle ball and then like intentionally peg each other and like, <laughs> pretend it's very, Start fighting. very tech and, and, and A-Rod out there. Yeah. It was like, you know, we were like, we'd see a fight and then the next day we put the jerseys on of the players that fought and then replicate it. So it was, That's you know, funny. we were, we were doing, we, my friends and I, you know, we would go, we would go to each other's necks fighting about the, the greatest. It's wild there. because you, you think about it. I mean, he's, this is so scary to me. He's 24 years younger than me. So he was form, formative with stuff that were like the last time I really, truly cared as an adult. I mean, like to me, like the Veritech A-Rod thing, like changed everything. Like yeah. that was every, that was the turn that changed the rivalry forever, in my opinion. But he was like eight fighting with his buddy in the yard. It's cl- yeah. I just think that's incredible. Yeah, well, they mimic what they see, yeah. right? Yeah, we've got the home video back at home. Oh, man. that's just... <laughs> <laughs> My buddy Angus and I beating the crap out of each other. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I love it. We're talking with Willie Yan here on Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports, John Seneca and Brian Shackman. We're talking with Willie Yan, a professional baseball player in the Orioles organization and no longer with them, but the most recently, and of course a star at the University of, of Connecticut. What do you think of the game right now? I mean, do you, when you watch, the, we talk, you know, we've talked before, and I'll just bring it up, but you talked about your style. You're sort of not a big guy, but you can play multiple positions. You can get on base and so on and so forth, and the role of a person like you is not quite as prominent as it was even 10, 10 years ago. What do you, when you watch a big league game, what do you think? Um. You know, sometimes sometimes there'll be a game that surprises me, but for the most part, it's um, it's not 
nearly as exciting as it used to be, in my opinion. At least watching baseball when I was growing up, there were still guys that would, you know, spray the ball around, try to just get on base for the for the for the sluggers that are going to drive them in. But now it's like one through nine is it, it's it's just a slugfest, and you got you know there's there's the strikeouts just continue to climb, and obviously that has a lot to do with the quality of pitching and the velocity increasing. Um, but I I think the analytics are kind of sucking the soul out of baseball right now where it's, you know, you could have a guy who's hitting, who's hitting 320, but he doesn't walk enough or slug enough and he might just sit in AAA forever. You know, it's uh, there's, I think a little bit too much stakes in the home run ball in terms of, you know, you can get away with it in the regular season, but when it comes down to the postseason and actually winning ball games, are you just going to, you know, slug your way to a World Series ring? Or are you going to have some tough at-bats with two strikes and two outs and, you know, keep your season alive because you're a quality hitter and not just a, you know, a, a, just a pure slugger? I read uh, the best sports writing of 2022, and I had a piece from Tom Ferducci. I know you, you like him. Mm-hmm. It was post the Astros fiasco and then talked about the game and how sort of the, the Yale econ grad is, is dominating more than the former player type thing, but they had won – very compelling nugget, which was, I think, I don't know if it was 2020 or 2019, what year it was, where for the first time in history when offense went up, attendance went down. Wow. And and so to your point that they the, the conventional thinking that if you get more home runs, it's going gonna, it's gonna to draw more attention and be more popular for the first time ever is not true. So the question is, how does the game compensate? So my question to you, John, and, and, and to you, Willie, is – if that's the case, because it isn't fun right now, it's not. So, what's going to make it change? Watching it or like I don't know, fans like what's going to like, do? You see it staying this way for a long time, or do you see more people reflecting your sentiment and being like, "This sucks. We got to do something different." Well, i I think I think people have the same feelings as well, and I'm not sure exactly how it will change. I know in minor league baseball, they were making all sorts of tiny little tweaks to the game. Right, like the pitch clock. Pitch clock. They In AAA, they were increasing the size of the bases, bases to yeah. uh, increase stolen base numbers, infield hits, bunt for hits, things like that. Um, I, you know, it's just become so much more difficult to hit because of this with high velocity that they're telling us in the minor leagues now. It's like, hey, striking out, it's, it's the same thing as grounding out. It doesn't really matter anymore. You just got to... Just try to just try to hit the balls as far and as hard as you can. Hmm. So I think the that alone right there is kind of what's killing the game. Where the the scouts and the analytical guys within minor league and major league baseball are saying, if you strike out, it's not a big deal. But then all of a sudden, it's like a ball might not get put in play for two and a half innings. Right. So it's I I think there's got to be a little bit of give in the analytical side where it's it's, it's like analytically it doesn't matter, but it's like you're not putting butts in the seats if there's not a ball getting put in play for three innings, you know? Right. If the Yankees and, you know, Yankees and Twins are two home run slugging teams and they just, you know, they hit three home runs and strike out 28 times combined, is do people really want to see that? Or do they want to see guys stealing bases, a bunch of runners on base, high-stake situations, the runners in scoring position, what have you? So I think... I, th- I want to see a triple. Yeah. That's right. what I like but We to talked see. this about it before. Like, I don't I don't go to a game wanting to see a no-hitter. And it's like, you know, you, you leave the game, you're like, wow, I just saw a no-hitter. But it was like, it was nothing boring. happened. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like, you maybe you probably had that one good catch in the game that saved it that you always get. But it was like, other than that, you know. Well, for mm-hmm. me, it's not, I don't need, I like to see a home run. Maybe two. I don't need to see four. Like, I like to see a little little bit of everything. But I, I'm with you. This, this is a great segue 
you know, and you, John, if you want to take it back in this direction, I'm, I apologize, but you know, you wrote at one point in your blog a little while back about the unwritten rules, and I, I think the modern macho thing in sports is generally, you know, just overdone. But I'll start with the unwritten rule thing. In your opinion, like, why the hell? I mean, just so like, if you're getting, why can't a 230 pound guy bunt the shift? Like, why not just bunt the crap out of it until they stop? I think it, that alone has to do with what you said—the ma- like the macho part of the game where guys are like, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna waste my time bunting. That's what they want me to do. I'm still gonna try to hit a ball 500 feet." But people are—they're afraid to just concede and, and take their base hit because it looks like they're they're being soft or not performing to the best of their abilities, and the, like the other team is dictating their performance. But I think if you're, you know, if you're anywhere as decent hitter, it shouldn't matter. Take your hit then. And then they'll come in and guard that, and then you have more field open. So, Problem solved. Yeah. Or about, I don't know. Or about the whole, was it with the Padres the year before when they, they were all upset about uh, Tatis swinging and hitting a grand slam on 3-0, and and they were up by like six runs or something. It's like Well, Gabe any, Kapler had that whole issue this year with that too. Yeah, I mean, if you've watched any baseball in your life, you know you can score six runs in a Major League Baseball game in the blink of an eye, mm-hmm. even with two outs. Well, it goes to the whole show-me-up thing, like... You know, I'm not a big fan of the bat flip because all the young people think it's the cool thing or whatever. But, mm-hmm. like, then if you do it too much, then you're going to get hit and then you're going to have a problem. Like, you're in there. There's the testosterone in the in the baseball pro locker room must be through the roof. But, like, I just find some of it, and correct me, I just find of it, a lot of it profoundly stupid. Like, the unwritten rules, like, whatever they did in the 40s with, or 30s with Ty Cobb or whatever, like, there wasn't some code. They just played, and if stuff went over the line, you fixed it. And now there's all these, quote-unquote, unwritten rules, but they weren't unwritten rules before. It's just how the game evolved. Like, I don't really get it. I mean, it's some of them, it's funny how even, I feel like every baseball player gets nitpicky with which ones they're okay with and which ones they're not. I think in terms of, like, th- hitting on 3-0 or, or, you know, swinging for the fences when you're up by 20, you, you should never stop hitting in baseball. You should always, you know, because personally, statistically, like, all those at-bats yeah. matter. You should never stop hitting. But, like, you know, I'm not I'm not in love with Gabe Kapler having guys steal when it's, like, 10-2. to right. You know, that's I think that can borderline be showing a team up who's just trying to survive the game. You know what I mean? But, like, by all means, swing 3-0 and hit a grand slam. I don't care about that. Interesting. But, so, and then also, in you know, hit by pitches nowadays. There's been a couple instances this year where umpires are overdoing it and warning guys where they shouldn't be. And, or throwing them out. Yeah, everybody, they're just, they're <laughs> overthinking it to try to protect the players in general. But I think, you know, if... If a guy does something, you know, like an outlandish bat flip on a on a home run that barely clears the fence, and and the pitcher thought it was disrespectful, and you want to hit him in the thigh, it's fine. You know, I think that that's part of the game, and that's that part of me is a little bit of an old school uh, take. You know what I mean? But um, the the reverse is kind of annoying, where they the umpires are policing too much, and the you know players get upset with one fastball inside. I can't remember who it was with the Astros, but he's like, I guess you can't throw inside in Major League Baseball anymore. Well, that's the thing is you can't, and it shouldn't have to be there. And, I, you know, I'm anti – it's hard because you, this is millions of dollars at stake, livelihoods are at stake, but mm-hmm. you get these arm guards and shin guards and this and that, and if you come in two inches inside on the plate, all of a sudden you're, you know, assaulting his, his manhood. Like, it's I, – I, it just – but I'm not a player, so I can't. I can only speak to it as a dumb fan sitting in section 163. Like mm. I, I don't really know. But for me, the inability to throw inside, like I like a bigger strike zone. Like I'm all for it. Like anything that gets bats on balls, I'm for. 
So if you got to get the guy off the plate a little more, I don't know. I don't. I don't have a problem with it. I, I mean, think if I could hit a ninety-five mile an hour fastball out for a home run, I would probably be pretty cool with doing a bat flip. I just think it's such a perspective thing. I mean, you've gotten like, I mean, you've had major league at bats in spring training. You've hit ninety-five or hundred mile an hour fastballs. I just don't think people understand what an accomplishment that really is. Are to you do. guessing? Is it a guess? Uh, educated guess. I like to like as Barry Bonds would say. I like it's anticipation. Guessing's an ugly word. You know, <laughs> so you know, I'm a lot of the times though. You know, depending on my approach, I'm going up there just trying to look for the fastball and adjust when you see spin. But uh, there are times where it's like, all right, I just I think he's going to throw a curveball this time, and he does, and you look really good, or he throws a high fastball and you swing at one at your nose. So mm. it's so expecting fastball. Have you ever hit one out expecting fastball getting curve? Um, out maybe honestly maybe one time, and that was like when I was super locked in that when you can, when you can look fast, react to slow and then still barrel the ball yeah. up, that's when you're like at your best. You know what I mean? That's just incredible. <laughs> what is it like when you're in, the, I mean the, the whole zone thing. So you believe in the zone, right? You believe in being in the zone that you can be mm-hmm. in the zone. Oh yeah. You call oh, it yeah, locked yeah, yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Flow state. How often has that happened? Um, can you eh, think of the moments or? It de- well, it's so a moment, in particular, at least in Pro Bowl, was um, May of 2019 was like the probably the best month I ever had in Pro Bowl. I hit like nine career home runs, and five of them were in that month. And it's you feel like you know you feel like you could just go up there with your eyes closed, and your barrel is gonna figure it out. You know, it's uh, purely a confidence thing. It's obviously not that easy, but um, you you know you have the exact same preparation through BP. Um, you know, you go into the cage like an hour before and just rev up the fastball machine. And once you get into that correct routine and, and you're feeling really comfortable, it's it's kind of it's you feel like you're an autopilot. Hmm. One day it just disappears. It, well, yeah, you <laughs> know, it was funny because I, well, I remember <laughs> at least that particular instance uh, made the All Star team in high. I got called to Double A, um, had like two bad games, and then all of a sudden I was playing like once a week. Oh, really? And yeah, so it's I mean, when you exit. The you know that confidence and that comfortability, they, it's pretty cutthroat. They don't give you a lot of time to to find Unreal. it again. So really quickly, who when you watch a big league game, if you do, so who do you, who do you like in the game right now? Um, well, I I really enjoy watching you know at least for the Yankees. I love DJ LeMahieu. I love his approach. He's got he's got a like a, a full field. You know he can hit line to line. Still has some power. Um, I mean, everybody loves Mike Trout. You know, when he's going good, he's he's one of the most favorite guys to watch. Um, all I like I like Jazz Chisholm with the with the Marlins. I know he, he's a he's very flary and showboaty, which is sometimes fun, sometimes overdoing it. But just the, you know, the the raw baseball ability he has is great. I mean, I could go I could go all over the place. You know, I like Marcus Simeon's kind of upsetting me this year because last year he was such an amazing player for a guy who, playing better as of lately though. Yeah, yeah, which is good. I feel like everyone just goes to die in Texas, though, man. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I signed with Texas. Oh, man, sorry. Forget about it. That's yeah. so great. I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I just think to be at that level, even if, if, if you're not an everyday major leaguer, to be a pro baseball player, it's just, it's pretty unbelievable. That's why there's usually smiles on their faces when you see them in the dugout, the guys that aren't playing. They're just sitting there, they're like, 
can't believe this is happening to me. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine any other thought that goes through your mind other than it's, this is just the best thing that could possibly be. I mean, what else can you be thinking? Well, I mean, wants, if you're in a slump, obviously he, it sucks. Well, but. yeah, if, you want, if you're in the minors, you want to be a major leaguer. I, 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 one more, I went to the Yard Goats the other night, and I, I threw out the first pitch. I did a terrible job because I'm a lefty, and I can throw hard. but I, Fitty sent bad? Or, I, it wasn't, no, it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't like Fauci bad, but it was bad because like I just stopped the release here, and it just sort of trailed off, and I hit – it was like an EFIS that was – you know, that would have been behind a lefty. If I threw it hard, I could throw it in the ground or I could throw it over. Like, I've never had the muscle memory to repeat my release point. So I just, I just, but I brought my son and a couple of his friends on the field. There's double A. And the players were so gracious. And it's so hard because in the bigs, it's so different, mainly because the distance is, there's so many crazy people and there's so much money involved. They can't, there's a distance. And I, my question to you is, are you aware, even at the double A level or triple A, of your impact on young people? Definitely. I mean, you know, it's pretty obvious when you see these kids come up and they're just there. They just want to talk to you real quick and you ask for an autograph. And even though it's was, annoying, you don't want to do I, it. I loved it, you know, because I always tell everybody I was a big baseball fan before I was anywhere as near good at it. And I was that kid, you know, at the old Torrington Twisters games. I would go, I would go get all the foul balls that I could and ask all the players to sign them. And they were not, they were great to me. They, you know, I remember Steven Strasburg was on that team. He signed a ball for me. I mean that that experiences like that made it so that I I told myself if I get the pro ball if I have the opportunity to make it I'm going to treat all those treat all those kids like they're me you know what I mean like well, how would I have wanted a professional baseball player to treat me when I was a kid So on a Tuesday on an 0 for 8 streak in Aberdeen and little Johnny comes up to you you're still going to treat it It was sometimes it was really hard and there were you know last year there were a few really bad days where I just kind of hightailed it to the locker room um, hoping nobody would notice that I'm acting different than usual but I did my best every night try to sign as many autographs as I could and try to make one extra kid's night you know? and I guarantee you did in the process What's that? You made a difference in the process I'm sure somewhere down the line I just was so grateful for the guys uh, for as gracious as they were to the kids. Even I mean, look that, at my relationship with Bobby Dickerson. I, I started by me just talking to him in a rain delay in a double A baseball game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you went, you went to his wedding. Yeah, I was in you. his wedding. Yeah, wow. I mean, it's just like stuff like that. You never know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that's what's great about baseball. It yeah. is. It is something else. So, um, go ahead. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm just along for the ride. I, I mean, I feel <laughs> like you got to come back. You got to come back because yeah, I, I, I just to. I. You're gonna play ball this summer around here, probably, right? Do something. Yeah, right now I'm if on. You're like not doing. You're gonna play rosters. somewhere. Yes, hundred percent. Oh, yeah. quickly tell a story about like what it's like going from pro ball and then you're playing like good baseball, but not professional baseball, and the, the story about the the 15 strikeout. Like, just tell what the difference for you. You go back and you can rake, and there's so many people who can't even catch up to what they they're seeing. Yeah, well, it's it's funny because I've I've gotten used to it now, where most of the pitchers we face, it's you know not really not really getting near mid to high 70s, and and you know those are really fun days. But then there's a t- there are days where a guy rolls up throwing low to mid 80s, and everybody's like, oh my god, this guy's throwing flames, and it's just like guys, we're gonna be all right, you know. But then <laughs> you know, and we end our team ends up having like 14 strikeouts, and I have to do everything myself. So it'll happen sometimes, you know what I mean? That's. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm the local Twilight bully this summer. I guess. Oh, that's, so that's really funny. <laughs> well, listen, we wish you the best. Anything we can do to help, we will. Uh, Willie Yan here on Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.